Lord will give strength to his people. Bring to the Lord, O sons of God, bring to the Lord honor and glory. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, working together with him then, we entreat you not to accept the grace of God in vain. For he says, at the acceptable time, I have listened to you and helped you on that day of salvation. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way through great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, tumults, labors, watching, hunger, by purity, knowledge, forbearance, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God. With the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute. We are treated as impostors, as impostors, and yet are true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich as having nothing and yet possessing everything. Arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Let us be attentive. The Lord said this parable, a man going on a journey called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground 
and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you have delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, he who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not winnow. So I was afraid and I went and hid the talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you know that I reap where I have not sowed and gather where I have not winnowed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to every one who has will more be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. There men will weep and gnash their teeth. As he said these things, he cried out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Peace be to you who proclaim the gospel. Eyes sparkling at all the presents, tearing into the wrapping paper and finding a personalized trash truck book, some tennis shoes, a Paw Patrol and Thomas the Train Tony, a Tony carrying case, being surrounded by cousins, being filled with joy, smiles, and thank yous. At two years old, our little grandson, Grayson, started to get it 
at his birthday party yesterday. He started to understand that people who love him give him gifts. In a little bit, at the final prayer of the divine liturgy that the priest will say, which is called the prayer behind the ambon, he says the following words. For every good and perfect gift comes from above, from you, the Father of lights, and to you we give glory, thanksgiving, and worship. Actually, those words are taken out of the epistle of St. James, chapter 1, verse 17. But Father Tim, Father Jason, Deacon Luke, Deacon Paul, brothers and sisters in Christ. The question which I would challenge us today with is, do we get it? Like two-year-old Grayson, have we put it together? Our God loves us and gives us gifts. For the next few minutes, we're going to explore the most perfect gift that God gives us. And more importantly, what do we do with it? As we heard just a moment ago, Deacon Paul read from the 25th chapter of the Gospel of St. Matthew, the parable of the talents that we hear every time as we get ready to start Great Lent. You just heard the story. One servant's given five talents. One servant's given two talents. One servant is given one talent. And what do they do? The ones who are given five and two work with those talents, double them, and offer them back to God. They are good stewards of the gifts that they've been given. And what are the words that they hear from the Lord when they go back to him, having stewarded those talents? The Lord says, well done, good and faithful servants. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your Lord and master. But conversely, what happens to the servant who's given one talent? What does he do? How does he respond to this gift? He hides it. He buries it. He takes this great gift from the master and does nothing with it. He makes no response. What do we do? What do we do with the singular greatest gift of our Lord and master that God himself has given us? What is it? It's himself. It's his love. For St. John tells us, God is love. Theos agapi esteen. So, what do we do with this gift? The first thing that we must do with this gift, this greatest gift of all, is to receive it. That's like a no-brainer, right? When somebody gives you a gift, don't you receive it? Just like the talents that were given to the three servants. But do we? In the midst of our sin, in the midst of our shortcomings, in the midst of our mistakes, do we understand that our God loves us? Not because we've earned it, 
but because he freely gives it. He doesn't wait for us to turn it. He showers upon us agape love. And when we allow God's agape love to envelop us, we're changed. We're no longer bowed to our sin, but freed and given a new life in him. Hear that again. We're no longer bowed to our sin, but freed and given a new life in him. Our God is an active God. Nothing sums us up better than that famous Bible verse that if you don't know it, and if you watch the Super Bowl today, you're going to see it. Because certain enough, in one of the ends on somebody's going to hold up, and it's going to say John 3.16. Right? John 3.16. We know that verse, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so that whoever believes in him would not die. Why? So we'd have a different life. If we're going to be God-like, if we're going to emulate Jesus Christ, then like God, we have to take action. So the second step we must do after we receive this great gift of God's love is to share it. And what else does St. John tell us? We are able to love. We love because God loved us first. It's not our love that we're sharing. It's his love flowing through us when we get out of the way. Yesterday, Patty was talking with one of her acquaintances who shared with her a story. And she said, you know, Patty, you'll get this. This lady had made a little spaghetti casserole for her two children. She was on her way to give it to her, to them. She had $3 in her pocket. And as she was pulling up near their place, she pulled into a parking lot and she saw a homeless man. She rolled down her window, said, how are you doing? He said, I'm okay. She said, could you use a little help? He said, sure. She said, I only have $3, but here you go. And then she said, are you hungry? And he said, yeah. She took her spaghetti casserole that she was going to give to her kids. She said, take it. She told Patty that wasn't her plan yesterday. That's who God put in her path to show his love, to care with his caring. Well, this is the duty of every follower of Jesus Christ. This is specifically the task of the Orthodox Christian Mission Center, OCMC. Sharing the good news of God's greatest gift, God's love to all nations. We do this by bringing people to Jesus Christ so they can experience firsthand his love. We do this by helping to build up the local church so that when people come to the Christ, they're invited into a loving, vibrant community. And we help minister to their spiritual and physical needs as tangible expressions of his love. Since 1985, when the Orthodox Christian Mission Center was founded, 126 long-term missionaries have now served overseas. 
almost 3,000 people have gone on 372 mission teams and right in this congregation are some of you who went on some of the earliest teams. Since our inception in 1985, we've now supported nearly 1,000 indigenous local priests with the support of mission priests' monthly donation, not to cover all their needs, but to give them a steady source so that they can worry about feeding their flock. We've done 59 building projects, churches, schools, health clinics, seminaries. And last year alone, we gave grants totaling over $1 million through our missionaries and to our local partners on the ground so that the church could be built up and express God's love. We can only do these things with your support. And as I look at you today and as I see people who are with us on Thursday night, as Father Tim mentioned, this parish and the Minneapolis-St. Paul region have shown tremendous support. But as you've heard me say before, today as we sit here at St. Mary's, two-thirds of the world is not Christian. 25% of the world has never even heard the gospel preached in a way where they can say yes or no to Jesus Christ. And I would posit, although I can't prove it statistically, that the one-third of us who claim to follow Jesus Christ might do so nominally, never really accepting his love, but more importantly, not sharing it. Not allowing it to transform us and sharing that good news. But how can that be? You as well as I, you watch the news. You see your feed on your phones. We live in a time of division. We live in a time of wars. We live in a time of hatred. Don't we know that God's love can change the world? That's the love that you and I have received. So are we like the servants with the five talents or the two talents or God forbid, we're like the servant with the one talent. The action of sharing the good news and love of Christ can't, however, just be the work of the mission center. As you know, the last words of Jesus Christ on the earth were recorded in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Go therefore to all nations, teaching them, baptizing them, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded to you. And behold, I will be with you until the close of the age. Those orders aren't just for the apostles. That command, that commission is for you and me. And we call it the Great Commission. But Archbishop Anastasios, the president Archbishop of Albania, probably the foremost living authority of missions in the Orthodox world, has written, and I quote, has a great commission for us as Orthodox become the great omission? Has the great commission for us as Orthodox become the great omission? Or in other words, have we buried this greatest gift of all 
and not shared it. Let me close with a story about St. Innocent of Alaska. As you know, he's one of the greatest North American missionaries who was sent to Alaska to bring people to Christ and share with them God's love. As he was getting ready to go to a particular village, he was kind of nervous. He was actually a little afraid. Why? Because that particular village was pretty wild. He prayed intensely and he went. When he got there, however, he was warmly greeted by the villagers and he was a little taken aback. So he went to the shaman, the witch doctor of the village, and he said, you've welcomed me so warmly, why? And the witch doctor said, I had a dream. And in that dream, I was told that a foreigner would come to spread a message from God. As many of you in this congregation today know, because some of you were praying for us. From 1985 to 1988, we were blessed to be the first missionaries ever sent by OCMC to Kenya. But I hadn't returned to Kenya until a year and a half ago, when I went with our executive director, Father Martin Ritzi, who actually was the one who took my place in Kenya when I came back to the States. We were traveling together my first time back since 1988. You can imagine it was emotional for me as we went to the seminary where we taught, as we met with Archbishop Macadius, who at the time was a layman, one of the professors with us. As I saw and met some of the students that had been there and were now priests. As we drove through the savanna of Africa, once again seeing the giraffe and zebras and wild animals. But one of the places we went was Turkana, a little remote area on the South Sudan-Ugandan border in Kenya. I had never been to that region. And as we were going there, Father Martin said, you know, Dan, 10 years ago when I came to this region with some of the local priests to evangelize because there were villages that had never heard the gospel, we had a very similar experience to St. Innocent. We were to cross a river that had been dry for many years, but the day before we got there, the rains came and it filled the river. But that didn't deter us. We crossed by foot. We got to the village and we were surprised to see all the people waiting there with their shaman. We said, can we preach? Can we tell you the story of God, a God of love? And he said, I've been waiting for you. I had a dream that God would send someone, a foreigner, a white man, to our village. The shaman's name is Salale. He and his whole village were baptized. Last December, two months ago, Father Martin went back and saw Salale. I've seen the videos of their warm embrace faithful, lives changed by the love of God. In the account of the ascension, which is in the book of Acts, we read these words, Jesus telling his disciples, you shall receive power from the Holy Spirit who will come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, 
Judea, and all Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Brothers and sisters, you and I, we have received the greatest gift of all, God incarnate, God who is love, empowered by His Holy Spirit. We are to share that. First of all, in our own backyard, with our own families, with our neighbors, with our co-workers, our own Jerusalem. And then we go beyond the borders to Judea and Samaria, to anybody who's willing to hear that God loves you, that God cares for you, and that God will change your life. I thank you for what you've done in support of OCMC all these years. And I ask you to join us. Join us in this life-changing work of spreading God's love so that together as we go before our great Lord, Master, God, and Savior, we may hear these words, well done, good and faithful servant, and enter into the joy of our Master, to whom be all glory, honor, and worship. Amen.